Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to our program. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life magazine. We are joined today by the founder of Geek Wing Chun, Steve Grogan. Steve is a Wing Chun practitioner and instructor. He has been involved in this art since 1995 after a brief stint in judo and kung fu. Steve has written a number of books, some very specific to Wing Chun and some that are more general and adaptable for those members of our audience that are not familiar with Wing Chun but are looking to practice at home, particularly during this time of the coronavirus. Steve tells us a little bit about his journey, about how it is that he came to the Wing Chun Kung Fu world, about how he developed apps for Android and iPhone to help supplement training, and about his series of books, including The Lone Warrior, How to Teach Wing Chun, How to Build Your Wing Chun Dummy, and more. You can check out Steve's website, which will be linked in our show notes, and you can check out the video version of this interview on our YouTube channel. You can look for Taekwondo Life Magazine on YouTube. Thank you. Thank you again for our nomination as the best podcast of the year. Please be sure to like us and subscribe to us everywhere that this podcast can be found. And we look forward to 2021 with you, our beloved audience. Thank you. We're talking today with Steve Grogan, and he is a martial artist. He is an instructor. He's an author. Uh, he's a teacher. He's a, uh, he, I'll let him introduce himself, but we're very happy to have him on the program. He is, we're here to talk about Wing Chun, and we're here to talk about teaching Wing Chun, and we're ta- here to talk about his, his books and, and some of his products. So, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So I gave a very, very short, you, you have a very extensive um, bio, uh, but I figured it would be better to, for folks to hear it from you than, than from me. So uh, introduce yourself, tell us uh, who you are and what your martial arts background is. Well, again, my name's Steve Grogan. I'm, I'm 44. I'm from upstate New York, uh, Troy, which is near <clears throat> near Albany, for the sake of reference, about <laughs> about three hours north of New York City, in case you don't know Albany either. <laughs> I, let's see, martial art background. I started actually in 93 or 94 at a place called the Troy Judo Club. I went only about six months because I realized they really did more tournament type stuff. And I was like kind of kid that was picked on a lot in school. And by, I was a late bloomer. That was my senior year of high school. (laughs) But I was still like, hey, you know what? my last year of high school, but I'm still sick of being bullied. Let's go learn something <laughs> to defend sure. myself. But they focused more on tournaments, like starting already grabbing each other's gi and 
you know what I mean? So that wasn't really sure. sure. Well, judo being right at Olympic sport as well. It's, it's, it's very, uh, there's right. a, a, a tremendous competition drive in, in, right. in the judo community. So, and again, yeah. people come into martial arts for, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And the reason you expressed is, is probably, you know, one of the top reasons that people get involved in, in, in right. martial arts is either to learn self-defense or anti-bullying things of that nature. And, uh, so I lasted about six months there only got as far as yellow belt, but it was a good experience because of what happened later on, because you got to think judo relies a lot on momentum and leverage and things like that. Next, I went to a school that, well, they said they taught Kung Fu, but it was more of the technique counted more like wuju. And they, uh, they said, Oh, Hey, uh, everybody, we're going to buy a bunch of, uh, we want you guys to all buy a bunch of of, uh, sparring gear and we're going to spar. We sparred once, like the day the gear came to the school. Right. And then I waited about a month. I'm see, I'm one of these people who gives <laughs> gives people way more of a fair shake than than others would. Like most people would lose patience. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> and get out of there fast. I gave them like a month or two, waited to spar again, and we never did. So I was That's like, weird. well, yeah. And I'd always been interested in not. I shouldn't say always interested in Wing Chun, but. Uh, when I knew Bruce Lee started with it, of course, that's a lot of sure. people's entry point into martial arts, Bruce Lee. Uh, then I found a school in late 94 and started going, I'm not going to say January 1st, but January of 95, I started going to uh, see Chan's Wing Chun in, in Albany. And then, you know, life happened. I, I tried living in Denver for a little while. Sifu, Si Chan said, you know, while you live out there, I give you, you, you have permission to find your own students and stuff. And, but I never did. And then I moved back home and then, you know, life happened. I became a dad. So it's like, well, geez, do I pay my Wing Chun tuition or do I buy my kid diapers? Yeah, sure. So, and sadly there are some people out there that would choose the, <laughs> right. the martial art tuition, but uh, you know, I didn't, like I couldn't. And so Things went up and down, on and off. Life happened, and then um, I found uh, I moved from Troy to live in Stillwater, New York, for a little while, which is even less lesser known than Troy is. <laughs> sure. Uh, Troy people know Troy because there have been movies filmed here, like Ironweed and Scent of a Woman, had uh, Age of Innocence, but right. nobody knows Stillwater. Uh, but anyway, when I lived there, I was closer, distance-wise, to a, another Sifu. His name is Larry London. Uh, who teaches a total different lineage than than Sichan. Sichan teaches the Ip Ching lineage. Ip Ching was his Sigong. <clears throat> so he was, <clears throat> excuse me, he was a student of Ip Ching. Larry London knows the, teaches the far lesser known uh, Lung Shung lineage, uh, which he learned from a guy named Jack Ling, who, well, actually, initially he learned from Augustine Fong. Then he learned from a guy named Jack Lang, who he stayed with. He just had two Sifus. He stayed with Jack, and unfortunately, Jack uh, passed recently. Before I never had a chance to meet him, unfortunately. Um, but and I've stayed with Larry ever since, and I will until until not that I want to think about this, but until Larry passes, I'll sure I'll stay with him. Lung Sh- the difference in Wing Chun lineages is it's too much to get into here, but it's basically different ways people interpret um the style jack ling learned from <clears throat> long shung who was 
I think it, people say he was Ip Man's first student. Then you get people who nitpick, say, no, he was Ip, Ip Man's first private student or whatever. Right. <laughs> he learned from Ip Man. Who cares? Who cares what sure. order? You know? Sure. And the lineage wars, as I call them, unfortunately, are what contributes to some people in the martial art world or a lot of people viewing Wing Chun as a joke. I mean, we can't even get along amongst each other with all this silly lineage infighting. Sure. But if you cut past it, it's, it's a wonderful, uh, I, I obviously, I've stuck with it because I believe it's a wonderful style. And um, the reason I say my judo experience was proved to be uh, like a light bulb moment to me. When I got to Wing Chun, Wing Chun also focuses a lot on leverage and sensitivity instead of brute force. Like when you, when you throw someone in judo, if they're leaning this way, you don't go, well, I'm going to throw you that way. You go, okay, you're going that way. I'll throw you that way. Same with Wing Chun. If somebody was leaning, best example would be if somebody was pressing down on my arm, I wouldn't fight up. I would let them press down right, right. and come around. So I call Wing Chun like judo. Wing Chun is like judo with striking or, or uh, judo is like Wing Chun without striking. <laughs> makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And uh, I think from my understanding of it, you know, it, it is something that you have the ability to, you know, with what I call hard arts, right, which are, are arts that are uh, much more engaged in force to force, right? Not what you're referring to. You have a great ability as we get older to continue to practice these arts and, and in times to get better in these arts, as opposed to our skills getting diminished when you get out of, especially as a male, right? When you get out of your twenties and thirties are the, the facts are that, you know, if you're, if you're in, in, in any of these hard striking arts, whether it be boxing or whether it be Shotokan or things of that nature, while they're great, the reality of it is, is that nature takes over and, and you're not, you, you know, you're not likely to see someone who's going to be as effective in those arts as they get into their sixties and seventies. But with, with Wing Chun, you have the ability to pretty much to, to, to continue to do it and do it effectively your entire life. Am I, am I right in that? Yeah. I mean, uh, like a couple, there were a couple times in the late nineties when I was still with Russell Sichon and he brought Ip Ching over and he had seminars right in our school. And I actually got to touch hands with him and do chase out with him. Now, 96, I was 20 years old. I'm not sure what age he was back then, but he was still more than twice my age. So I had that speed of, of youth on my side. Sure. But this was when I really started to have a light bulb moment, uh, touching hands with him and trying to do chisa with him. You know, it's, um, how do I want to say this? It proved that speed wasn't everything. <laughs> sure. He's, he was probably in his 70s, I think. And I should have, theoretically, if I'm younger and faster, should have been able to hit him, and I wasn't. So that's when I learned, you know, that's when I learned being able to do this. It, that's, physically being fast meant nothing. It's, <laughs> you know. That's great. I mean, if they can tell where you're, what you're going to do before you do it, then they're going to hit you first. <laughs> that's, that's great. So you made a transition from being a student and um, one of the things that's very interesting before I get into that, one of the things that's interesting is because I always try to find out from people in terms of where they are. We talk to people all over the world, um, the sense of what the availability of the study of martial arts, um, different styles are. And it seems to me that growing up or, or, or 
when you started um, that there was pretty decent availability of, uh, of styles in your area. I mean, you said you had judo there and you had Kung Fu school and, 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 and Wing Chun, which is pretty, uh, you know, many times I, I speak to people that got involved in a certain style because it's the only martial arts school in their town, basically, you know, people tend to geographically, unless you're, an, you know, an adult who's really on a mission, people tend to go geographically what's close, but it seemed like there was a decent uh, choice for you, a decent menu of uh, styles in, in, in your area. Uh, well, I mean, the bulk of them were Taekwondo and karate, different types of karate, Shotokan or Okinawan. Sure. Uh, so, so you were, actively sought out. So in order to find what you found is because you actively sought it out. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, I sat in to watch karate and, and Taekwondo classes and I, it just didn't seem like it was for me. So, and I liked the speed and sensitivity of Wing Chun. Uh, sure. Plus you have to learn how to be comfortable at a close range. Uh, because even if someone's taller than me, it's like, yeah, they need to be further out to swing at me. But since I'm shorter and my, my limbs are not as long as a giant, I have to learn how to get into where I can hit. Right. So that, you know, uh, rather than be and jam them up rather than be out at a distance and try to trade shots all day, um, which oddly enough, uh, one of the training tools we use to develop stuff like that is the wooden dummy, which a lot of people misunderstand how that's used or what it's used for. And even um, the design of it, like I had a friend who helped me put the one together that's in my apartment. He was like uh, looking at the dummy arm and he's like, well, I hope when you get in a fight, you fight someone who's got arms that long. Right. All right. And I'm like, that's not the, that's not the point of those limbs. The point, I mean, because no matter how long someone else's arms are, mine are still the same. So, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, the dummy helps you learn how you have to position yourself with the limbs that you have. Like a taller person would have to approach the dummy, uh, diff be positioned differently. You know, it's not all. That's another thing I liked about it is that both Wing Chun schools, and there actually is a third one that I went in and I, I visited, Ling's Wing Chun up in Glens Falls, New York. They all, none of them are um, assembly line type schools. They don't they don't throw things at you and say, no matter what size you are or what your abilities are, this will work the same every time, no matter what environment you're in, and, you know, the size of your opponent, if you had a bad night's sleep the night before, you know, sure, sure. you just kind of factory assembly line it. These schools, not that there aren't, say, Taekwondo or karate schools out there that don't do this, but they more tailored it. It was more about each person's individual. Uh, individual abilities makes sense so, so, oh, go ahead so tell me you, you made it um the transition somewhere along the growth you began to evolve from being a student to being an instructor and to writing and teaching so tell me about that and i see that you have a, a series of uh, of of published books and i want to hear about those and where our folks, you know, who, you know, what the, the, the focus of those books are in the series of books and uh, where people can find them. So tell me about that, that part of your journey. Well, basically, like I, I told you in private messages when we were setting this up, um, I'm not, I have not been certified with the full-blown title of, of Sifu. Um, 
because of on the not being as consistent. If I'd been consistent all this time, yeah, I, I would have known all six. Wing Chun has six forms. I would have learned them all and been good enough at them all and everything to be off on my own. But life happened, you know? Sure, sure. <laughs> but I've always kept at it and practiced on my own. And even if I wasn't around other Wing Chun students or even other martial artists, I would ask friends like, hey, I want to work on my reflexes. Just come at me any way that feel, like, feels natural to you, you know? Sure. And uh, having said that and developed skills, good enough skills anyway, uh, one day Sifu London said to me, you know, you're, you're welcome to teach students up to your level. And I decided like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll run with it. And um, what, the thing that stinks about it is it, it's like I have to put myself out there in a way where people might think I'm a, a Sifu, you know, like, because I tried, I was in a group uh, um, called Albany, Albany Social, Albany Social Meetup, I can't remember the full name of it, and I was saying in there, hey, you know, does anyone want to learn Wing Chun, I'll teach you, just trying to teach one-on-one, -on -one. and people would be like, yeah, and I'd say, okay, well, you know, and I was asking like a ridiculously low fee per hour. I was like 20 bucks an hour. Most people would be like 80, you know? Sure, sure. <laughs> and even then I had people drop out like, oh, I didn't know you wanted to get paid, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, so I was like, I wasn't getting anywhere. And then I found out you could, uh, I, I proposed a Wing Chun class at a local college for their um, community education program. And they said, sure. And then. So I taught uh, uh, every now and then I teach just a, a three session, six hour course over there at Hudson Valley. And it, it was like I said, it's tough going because if you don't have the big, huge brick and mortar place sure. sign out in front, people think, oh, he's teaching out of his garage. He probably learned Wing Chun online from YouTube. Right. You know, right, right. Not, yeah. not a lot of people are willing to let just show up and let skills speak for themselves. Sure. You know? Um. But anyway, getting back to your question, what was the transition? To, I mean, I still am a student because, like I said, I well, when people say, "Have you learned the whole learned the whole system?" They really mean, like I said, Wing Chun has six forms. Have you learned all six? Right. Of course, you you could learn all six and not be any good at them. <laughs> sure, that's true. that's true of any art. That's that's sure that's true of any art. But in terms of actual instruction, I have. Um, from Sifu Sichan, I learned all on. Um, I learned four. That would be the three empty hand and the wooden dummy form, and then maybe a third of the Wing Chun, the Wing Chun uh, pole form. But in a way, I'm kind of starting over because the Lung Sheng lineage does it so different. Um, I so far have learned the first two empty hand forms, um, but from the Lung Sheng lineage. But like I said, I mean Sifu London thought I had enough skill to teach people, so. That's now your your books. Yep, they are not specific necessarily to. Um, in other words, there are a lot of books in martial arts that, like, let's say in Taekwondo, there's a book of forms that people how to teach the specifically just on that. But your books are actually not exactly on simply that aspect of of teaching Wing Chun. They're they're more um, they're more than that, right? So tell us a little bit about that in the time that we have left. Well, there is there is one called How to Teach Wing Chun, which is like I said, since I'm 
teaching people, I realized Wing Chun, martial arts, it's like a vest. It's like you're stuck in the middle of an ocean. You know, it's like, where do I begin? You know? Sure. So I kind of came up with a, a game plan. As, I mean, you can't teach willy-nilly. You still need a, a structure, even though it's so... Sure. And, you know, not everybody starts... It's not like when you go to college, everyone starts on the same day. There's a syllabus you have to follow. So by another date, everybody should have learned the same material. Right. Right. So, but you still need a game plan. So that's what how to teach Wing Chun is about. Um, the one that still says something about Wing Chun in the title, and it mentions Wing Chun forms and Wing Chun blocks, but could be applied to anybody is the Lone Warrior, which I came up with because uh, Larry London, his class is only once a week, and I wanted to get better faster. <laughs> so I was like, well, how do I do that? And I came up with a bunch of activities you can do by yourself or ones you can do if there's someone around, like you have a roommate sure, or a buddy you hang out with a lot, but they don't practice Wing Chun. They might not even practice any martial art. But there are ways, drills you can come up with that work the same thing. Like we have this drill called Chi Sao. Every, a lot of people know Wing Chun Chi Sao which you can't do without a Wing Chun person. Right. The idea, the quote unquote bona fide way, but you can come up with drills that work the same things that uh, Chi Sao works, which is what I did. So, cause a lot of people say, how can I practice Wing Chun alone? If, if no one I know does, knows Chi Sao. Sure. There's ways around it. Well, and, that's great. That sounds very yeah. practical. That sounds very practical. And that one's the lone warrior. Yep. But you can, you can take out, like if you ignore the Wing Chun references, like if it says practice your punches, well, instead of practicing your Wing Chun punch, you just practice your, your karate punches. If this is a Wing Chun block, well, instead practice your karate block. You know what I mean? Like you could No, that's great. There's, there's many, of the, uh, uh, many of the things that we do that uh, – that transcend any particular style. So you're right. There may be nuance as to how one were to uh, execute. Um, same thing with, you know, when we do, we see kicks with, with, with roundhouse kicks. Uh, well, this style of Taekwondo may do the roundhouse kick this way. Um, a karate, a more Japanese centered style may do it this way, but still at, at the end of the day, there are drills that can be done to improve your kicking that don't necessarily right. have to be specific to style. Right. And, and in, at the end of the book, I show how to, <clears throat> like, I show how I personally set up my training routine at the time of that writing. It's changed a lot since then. Like, I don't really practice on, you know, like, I had a grappling dummy at one point. I had a heavy bag. Oh, wow. But I don't really, I got rid of them. And I practice on the wooden dummy, but I don't practice a lot of that kind of stuff. I practice more of my basics, punches, kicks, elbows, and the blocks and simultaneous attack and defense because the bag and the grappling dummy can't hit back. And that's also why I don't practice shadow boxing either because like when I would practice shadow boxing, I would say, Oh, what if somebody came at me like this right now? Right. And so I would be like, well, I would defend like this, but then the catch is you don't know how they would react. You don't know that this would lay them out or what they would do next. So I was like, it's kind of pointless to practice those in my mind. Sure. But I included shadow boxing and heavy bag stuff in there anyway, because I know other people 
would be like, well, I want to do that. Hitting, hitting stuff is fun, <laughs> you know? That's um, and even though the book can be, well, the book, like I said, someone reading the book can apply it to their art and swap out. When I talk about Wing Chun techniques, I'm not so sure it would be as easy to do with the companion piece app, which is available on for iPhones, iPads, and Android phones. And what you do is <clears throat> when you download it, the first, it has six levels because Wing Chun has six forms. Um, first level you download is free. And for every level, there are a certain amount of activities you get, you know, per level. Like, let's say you decide, well, I want to practice my forms today. So you pick forms at level one. There's just uh, Silum Tau, the first form. Sure. I want to practice my punches. At level one, the only punching activity is the straight punch at chest height. And then if you buy level two, you unlock punching to the head or maybe a, a different... People say Wing Chun's all just straight punches, but there's hooks and uppercuts hidden in there. Um, but the more, the more, if you invest in the higher levels, you get more activities to pick from. But I'm not sure... Like, I don't know any, like, say, Taekwondo people that tried to get it. Sure. Tried to play around with it. Maybe somebody could, and, and then let me know how it, how it works for you. Well, like I said, I think I said to you in our, our discussion, which is that I think a lot of the people that, that um, frequent our program, they come from a wide variety of martial arts. But I also find that many of our practitioners, high-level practitioners, um, they have a good base in, in AR, and an art, which is Taekwondo. And then they, they seek to learn other arts and to develop their skills and to combine. It isn't uh, traditionally a lot, of, a lot of folks stuck with one art. Um, if you were good at kicking, you were only good at kicking. You never learned how to punch. It's really not true. I think true mixed martial artists are people who have great proficiency in one style. And a lot of the, we have a lot of those, um, a lot of those folks that, that frequent our, our, you know, our, our show. So I, I know there's definitely an interest, um, particularly, you know, Wing Chun has a certain mystique to it from uh, the Bruce Lee lineage, from, from the Ip Man movies, things of that nature. So tell me, we're going to tie all this up in, in terms of our show notes, but you have the books, you have the app, you have your teaching information. What is the, the best portal to be able to, for folks to be able to, to access that, inf that information? Um, the, and, and we'll list that, but the website or the best place to find, you, know, you indicated that obviously they can find the apps um, at the iStore or the Android, probably Google Play, but where would be the best um, place for them to start to find more information about you and about the books and the programs? Well, I mean, like on the website, I have the... Your website is what? Oh, tell us, and we're going to link it, but it, it's, um, what's the name of your website? It's geekwingchuninc.com. I put the, I had the URL before I went to get a DBA at the county clerks. I didn't realize I couldn't put ink in there, but, but uh, geekwingchuninc.com. I'm never quite sure how the, I have a, uh, what do you call it? Customized YouTube URL. Okay. I can't remember how it's formatted, but no, that's you... fine. It's a, you know, we'll, we'll, when people go to this uh, and they go to the, 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 the post that we do, we'll actually link your YouTube there. So people will be able to see that. And on that YouTube, it's got, it has what some, some um, teaching tidbits or it has information about you and your, it has, it has several different, several of the videos are compiled into playlists. Like the main one is Wing Chun tips, training ideas, and et cetera. Then there's, a series called Fighting Words, where I, I present an opinion I have, a take on a certain thing that maybe other people don't. And they, a lot of people just 
All you do is you say, this is my take on it. And people get intimidated by that. And they go, you're an idiot. You could, like, they can't even say, I disagree. They got to come at you like in attack mode. So that's why I say it's fighting words because maybe they don't look at it that way. And I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to say my way is the only way to look at it. I'm just saying, this is my interpretation, but people take it as being confrontational saying everyone else sucks. I'm the only one who understands this stuff. But right. that's not that's not my attitude. Well, you know, there there is a little bit of a disease that permeates the martial arts um, that that's obvious that you don't suffer from um, because you're you're very deferential to to others, and that is uh, people feel somehow how a need to to you know uh, my style, my teacher, my whatever is the is the best. And you know, I am always a big believer that what's best is what's best for you. If something's effective. Yeah. Um, if you get something out of it, if you feel that it, um, it it meets your goals and there's growth there, then it's effective. And 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 that may not be the same for for, for yeah. everyone. You know, I'm I'm 30 something years into Taekwondo. Had I um, known about other styles with my body type, perhaps I would be have been on a different journey. You know, but I'm I'm thrilled with the journey and I, and the community is great. But but so so you know, I try to filter out that because you know I'll I'll, I'll I get the same thing with. You get the same thing with any martial art. You get the same thing with anything that you put out into the public, especially on YouTube and places like that, social media. But, yeah. um, but and, for those that are interested, they're gonna they're gonna get value and they're gonna find out more about your yeah. Your, your program. And the, there's also uh, I'll go through this quick. I don't know how much time we got. There's also playlists on exercise, nutrition, and mental health um, because I a long time I suffered like I had low self esteem and then things happen where I finally just got sick of being that way and feeling like I'm a worthless person. So I did things to finally change that. Uh, and then nutrition and exercise playlists are there because a lot of people think those things have to be more complicated than well, nutrition. People think a lot of prep time, a lot of expensive ingredients sure. and it doesn't have to be exercise is there. Um, I'm really pushing the exercise playlist now because I used to do, the, uh, you know, like the P90X, six days a week, 60 to 75 minutes of pop workout. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are like, well, geez, if I were in better shape, I could do my martial art better. But I already spend a lot of time and money on my martial art. How, how can I right. go to a gym or get a personal trainer? I found something that helps, at least with the time part. The money part is still... <laughs> sure, sure. Because it's one-on-one training. Sure. But there's a kind of working out called high intensity training once a week, 30 minutes. That's great. And I've gone from 241 pounds down to 177. Wow. So obviously that cuts down on the time. Like I said, the money, eh. but people who I, want something bad enough, they'll find a way to afford it. Absolutely. Steve, but, we're, we're winding, we're winding down time-wise. You really are an inspiration. And, and I know we could talk for hours and, and yeah. there's going to be a lot in the written post um, and a lot in the show notes um, for all of these things. I, I think you're, um, you know, for those that, are, that have take, take the time to, to look at your journey, um, how you've dealt with everything from talking about your weight management to bullying issues, to uh, trying to help other, other people in, in, in all of these areas, um, I think is really inspiring. Um, and I thank you for joining us today. I, I know that uh, we'll, we'll be following what it is that you do. Like I said, we'll be posting all of your uh, links in, in our site for our readers. 
and we'll, um, I'm sure there's contact information there for people if they, if, if um, they want to get in touch with you to find out more about, you know, what you're, what you're up to and, and, and what you're offering. Yeah. And um, just quick, last thing I'll say is I, I, cause I didn't get to mention it, but I won't go into it obviously is I, the other book I have out there is how to build your own freestanding Wing Chun wooden dummy. Cause a lot of the dummies out there, that are sold or the ones you can find plans for all involve that big, huge, bulky frame. And if you don't have the room for that where you live, it's not going to cut it. But the problem of building a freestanding one is you wonder how the heck do I weigh it down? Sure. And you can't, there are companies that sell freestanding wooden dummies, but they're not going to tell you their secret because then you wouldn't buy from them. Sure. This book enables people to build a freestanding dummy, an efficient way to weigh it down and saves you a lot of money. (laughs) Great. And we will definitely list that one. Steve, I want to thank you so much for talking to us. We look forward to speaking to you again in the future and following your journey. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.